0: From the city of brotherly love, this is Shark Bite Biz with David Strausser. And you just arrived to the newest episode of Shark Bite Biz. I'm your glamorous host, David Strausser, and this is your place to learn how to grow a business during complete global chaos. Today, we're going to chat about live streaming. First, though, remember please download the Shark. Byte Biz app. Uh, If you're an Android user, head right on over to the Google Play Store, search Shark Biz. Download the app. You'll find every single episode of the show there. Every audio version, every video version, shark bites are there. We got everything right in inside of that app. In fact, you can even get our coffee, Dead House coffee, right there inside of the Shark Bite Biz app. But if you don't want to download the app and you still want our coffee don't worry you can still get the freshest coffee known on earth at deadhousecoffee.com just please whether you're using the app or you're going to the site use the code shark okay you're gonna get 20 percent Off of your order, and all the proceeds directly support us building the biggest and best show we possibly can. Now, let's get back to today's show. We've got an amazing expert that comes from the sports and entertainment production world who's gonna help us understand the current state of events and productions. It's, you know, a pretty big topic because how things were pre-pandemic versus how things are current day polar opposite it is totally different so we're going to jump into this world and get some great information so who do we have today none other than Mr. Howie Zells Howie Zales is an Emmy award-winning camera operator who turned his passion for television broadcasting into several entrepreneurial endeavors. Howie created HJZ Productions, Inc. in 2000 to address the need for professional-level sports, crewing, and staffing in the New York market. Under his leadership, HJZ Productions grew to a multi-million nationwide provider of top talent in the broadcasting field. In 2019, Howie and his team founded Viridity Entertainment Services, Inc., VES, which initially focused on staffing in non-union markets. With the onset of COVID-19 pandemic in the early 2020, uh, they quickly pivoted to offering the best-in-class broadcast-quality live streams of professional sports shows and interviews, corporate interviews and meetings and religious services. In addition, Howie took his love of the television production business and created the TV Sports Course, a hands-on training boot camp for the next generation of television crew professionals. Howie is a graduate of the State University of New York at Plattsburgh Mass Communication Program. So hey, without further delay, let's bring Howie right on in here. Creative and innovation tips. Howie, welcome to Shark Bite Biz. You, my friend, you just became Shark Bait.
1: (laughs) How you doing? Honored (laughs) to be here.
0: (laughs) No, Glad to have you here. So, you know, we have a tradition on the show. Very first question, we ask everybody the same exact thing. Who are you? Where have you been? What are you doing? How'd you get there? Basically, tell us. In a nutshell, what makes Howie, Howie?
1: Sure. My name's Howie Zales. I'm from uh, just north of New York City. I uh, went to school for television production. I, I shot uh, TV sports for NBC Sports and the World Wrestling Entertainment for over 20 years. Simultaneously oh, wow. to that, I had uh, I have a, a television production company where we hire TV crews for sports and entertainment events nationwide. And during the pandemic, when uh, everything got shut down like everyone else's business, we kind of said, hey, what are we going to do to make money? So we we started uh, another business and we got involved in live streaming, which uh, the technology was there, but kind of in its infancy. And um, we just dove right in.
0: That's uh, that's pretty awesome. So, I mean, filming for WWE, I used to watch them as a kid. That's yeah.
1: got to be fun stuff. Yeah, it was it was definitely fun. You know, twenty years of of it took its toll, so uh, good to be done with it. Yeah,
0: there you go. You yeah. know, yeah, it's always there's always a point in someone's career where it's like, you yeah, know, this is cool. I've had my time though. I've had my run. You know, let's yep. go yep. out do something new. So right now, you're doing live streaming. And live streaming means a lot of things to a lot of people. What's your definition of what you do for live streaming?
1: Great question. So for us in our business, live streaming is a way for us to help our clients get, mm-hmm. their, get their content out there. Uh, whether it's uh, interviews, talk shows, concerts, dj events cooking shows we've done uh we do a lot of corporate meetings hybrid meetings where some people are Mm -hmm. there in person and we're streaming it to the rest of the company globally uh so to us that's what uh live streaming
0: you know and the technology is there to where i mean almost anybody with a half decent smartphone these days can just go right out, right out there and you know start making their own YouTube channel or whatever yeah. it is, you podcast, anything. I mean, it's kind of crazy how accessible it is for most people, but there's a difference between accessibility and quality, I think. Cool.
1: Correct. So we pride ourselves on the quality of the production that we provide. Uh, I come from 20 plus years background in the television broadcasting industry, mm-hmm. and so does the rest of my team. So when we take on a production, we, in essence, think that this is going good enough to air on network TV like everything else we've done. So we take the client through the process of creating a run of show, which is a step-by-step, item-by-item sheet of elements of what's going to appear in the broadcast and why is it going to appear? Is it going to be audio? Is it going to be video? Is it going to be PNGs? Mm -hmm. Graphics, right? So we create a run of show. We help our clients create the graphics if they don't have a team to do it. PNGs
0: with the watermark still on them?
1: Uh yes yeah, still images <laughs> yeah no watermarks no watermarks no
0: watermarks okay okay just um, checking
1: <laughs> yep yeah, absolutely uh and then creating graphics uh do we create any video content to help support what the meeting or the broadcast is trying to achieve uh
0: uh-huh.
1: and then we roll those back um and and what production services do does the does the broadcast need does it need cameras does it need robotic cameras Uh, what crew does it need we supply all of that and then we supply the mechanism for the broadcast to be televised and what i mean by that is we have our own content delivery network or cdn where we live stream to and then that cdn could be uh that player could be private labeled so it looks like your company's logos and graphics and color schemes mm-hmm. and embedded in a website that we design for for our clients or a right. current website that already exists.
0: Okay, okay, that's cool. Now you said robotic cameras. Are you talking about like the ones, say I go to an NFL game and you see the ones that are zooming around on the little strings above the players? Those types are something else.
1: Um, that's, that's a sky cam or cable cam. Ours are more, uh, PTZ cameras, pan, tilt, zoom, which are robotic cameras. And, uh, here's a controller for it for one right here. And, uh, this controller can control six cameras with the joystick. You can zoom tilt up and down and, uh, each camera has a static IP address. Uh, so I can, you know, move one camera that left, another camera right, and I can create moves. So, uh, yeah, it, it all depends on what the broadcast needs.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, that's cool. I mean, speaking of broadcast, just because, you know, you know a lot of the NFL fans are out there, I do like how they finally upgraded uh, the camera quality. Like, where they, you know, have you seen, like, the touchdown celebrations? And sometimes I think they do it mid-game or they piloted it. I forget. But uh, they'll use, you know, like the more high-end, I guess, DSLR cameras like there for the celebration to give it a different look. I mean, it almost looks like you're on Madden football game with how that style is. Uh, That's pretty awesome. I mean, and it's crazy because, you know... That technology's been around for a little bit. It's not brand new; just brand right. new being used in the NFL for a live production event. Right. But it's pretty cool. I'm a fan of it. What about you? You're the expert.
1: Yeah, it's it's um it, it's a DSLR with a with a fixed focal length, a fixed uh-huh. focal lens on it. Um so it, it you know it's kind of like the camera I'm using here today it's like the background whatever's in focus and everything behind it kind of falls out of focus and it's Yeah that was my next question for it. you.
0: Well your your camera looks looks beautiful. I am stuck <laughs> with the Logitech Brio 4K just to uh I've had it for about 4 or 5 years. I bought it as soon as it came out but um to me I think it's probably one of the best webcams. I just think it's too complicated. I I have so much going on in my office. There's, you know, amps. There's 10 guitars. I have studio lights all over the place, you know? So it's like, uh, I really want to set up a DSLR. But I actually just saw on Indiegogo a brand new camera that is called, I think it's uh, Lumina. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. heard of it or not. But it's supposed to be think of uh like the logitech 4k brio but it brings that dslr effect with ai to where which it, which is really what called it for me because sometimes i might lean back and then i'm farther from the camera it will follow me zoom with me go wherever i oh, nice. go and i thought that was going I, I don't know i thought that was a nice feature so i uh I plop down an in IndieGoGo should be here in another week or two, and I'm I'm dying to try it out to see if it changes the quality or the visuals of the recordings before we right. put the overlays on them and stuff.
1: Yeah, we used to uh, uh, we have twenty something camera kits that we send out to contributors that are in our productions if they are to be remote. And our camera choice is the Razer uh, Keo webcam. It's high def 1080p webcam, but the beauty behind it is that you can go in and adjust the white balance, the focus, the zoom, the color and, and the color temperature and kind of you know tailor it to the lighting situation. So
0: do you send those out kind of pre-configured or do you yep. send it so, out like, okay.
1: So what we do is we have uh, 20 camera kits, Uh, In these camera kits are high-end gaming laptops with uh, the Kio Razer webcam, uh, Yeti USB microphone, ring lights, um, Ethernet cables, and what makes it so easy for us. Hold on a second. I gotta call you. I
0: gotta call you out there. You and your kits. You send out Yeti microphones, but yet I think you're using a Sure right there. I am using a shirt. Absolutely. <laughs> I got the same same microphone. But uh uh originally I, I, I was using the Yeti Pro and um it was okay, but for the acoustics in the room, I have a buddy who's a real sound technician, and he was like, Hey, trust me, just get the get this mixing board, move up to the shirt, go XLR, it's gonna change your sound. And I tell you what. Yeah. Uh, You listen to the difference between the XLR versus, I mean, even if I hook this, well, technically it's still going to USB to the computer, but the sound quality compared to the Yeti Blue Pro, I mean, the Yeti Blue Pro is still really good. But I, I was kind of blown away, like at the difference.
1: Yeah, no, I, I you know, my voice needs all the help it can get, so uh, <laughs> the shore definitely helps out. But when you're sending uh, uh, equipment to people that don't know how to use, no, no, mm-hmm. know how to use it, to just plug in a USB microphone, the Yeti Blue is, you know, perfect for the situation, and it's still. And why we chose that microphone is because it has software. That you can go into the computer and mm-hmm. play with play with it before it leaves, so you can make fine-tuned adjustments for the person's voice or the room that they're in or the situation they're in before it even gets to to us. So that's, that's the pretty reason why awesome. We chose that.
0: I mean, it, just from your microphone choice to the camera choice to the laptop, yeah. uh, you know that kit that you, I've, I've heard of people that. You know, not this podcast because we are bootstrapped and and on a budget unless you go to deadhousecoffee.com and buy some coffee. But, uh, you know, we are at a tight budget, so it's not like we send out kits to people. But I have heard of the, you know, larger podcaster or vodcasts that they'll send out like, hey, here's a kit for you to record when they're doing the, the segments mobile like that. Uh, but never really heard how that kit was put together. So that, yeah. to me, it's personally really intriguing.
1: Well, we take it another step further where we put a piece of software on there called Team Viewer, which allows us yeah. to dial into the computer and, so, and take full control. So the person on the other end just needs to plug the computer in, turn it on, connect it to their internet. And uh, then it kind of pops up on my screen where I am. Yeah, I yeah. get notified that the computer is online, and then I take total control. I can, um, you know, zoom the camera, focus the camera, change the awesome. uh, microphone settings, any and, and do anything that needs to be done. And then over the internet, bring them into our production.
0: Did you ever catch somebody doing something naughty on your laptop? Oh, yes <laughs> I can the, imagine, and,
1: and what was going on in the background,
0: oh my god oh, yeah. i I can imagine there's probably a lot a lot of stories around that, so as you know, we are in this never ending um you know pandemic that just doesn't want to end, and you know one of the positives uh you know we had Soledad O'Brien on the show, and she's like, I hate to say something is positive about COVID, but one of the positives that we've had is that it has really pushed a lot of areas that were stale. Maybe the technology was there, but it wasn't being fully embraced it, you know, because people were set in their ways, and unless you push hard, you know, they're not going to change. And I think, you know, with that digital transformation that has happened over crap, can you can you imagine we're almost like, what, two, three months away for me two years since COVID started? That blows my mind right now. But live streams have completely changed, I feel, over the last almost two years. How would you say that they've evolved from two years ago to how they are right now at the end of 2021?
1: Uh, The quality, uh, you know, two years ago and still probably to this day, people have worse internet than, more people have worse internet than people have good internet. So uh, Mm -hmm. that's like the biggest problem we face. Um, Another problem is because there's so much hacking that goes on. There's so much security tied into the internet mm-hmm. that sometimes it makes our job, especially when we're on location, extremely difficult getting around all the security measures that are necessary to be put in place because of what people do. So um,
0: quick, quick, quick question on security, and I ask it because I was just featured on Forbes.com talking about cybersecurity, but from okay. the biz dev point of view. Do you have a security officer for your your company? They try to make sure things are, you know, as secure as possible. Maybe not a, an actual officer, but like a director of cybersecurity. They kind of protect your data and the streams and making sure that things don't get hijacked.
1: Yes, we we have systems in place for that. Uh, and it's some of the vendors we use, but yes, yes, we do. Um, and do you
0: think that's ever more critical now? Because yeah. remember back in the beginning of when the pandemic started, you know, you would get a lot of uh, Zoom trolls, people that just, you know, yes, figure out the yes. strings, they jump into there, the, then they would boost up their security. Have you had any instances like that happen to you or have you been lucky? Uh,
1: we've been lucky and we haven't had those instances. And the way to prevent that is basically, when especially when when we're on location and we're mm-hmm. using an IP address, um, there's all the ports are closed. Mm-hmm. So someone can't just jump into it with incoming traffic. Um, and then if we're, we have people working remotely, we have to put requests in for a specific mm-hmm. IP address to a specific port for traffic. And that's pretty much how, how uh, it goes.
0: Yeah, no, that, that is, that's pretty good. But back to my, sorry, I, I know I sidetracked you there, but back to the okay. original question then a as security aside, how do you think live streaming has changed as a, a whole? I mean, I think it's more acceptable. Uh, I've had some people on the show and it's my personal belief, too. I mean, I think live streaming webinars is here to stay because I think people realize like, yes, there is a lot of values going on site, meeting people at some events, but it doesn't make sense for other events for you to be there, especially if you only need to see a segment or two. It's like, hey, let's just tune in. Through the yeah. web, right? hybrids here to stay.
1: So yeah, let's take business meetings for an example, or corporate meetings, yeah. right? Live streams. So, mm-hmm. uh, why the, no longer do you need to go to wherever the meeting is, right? As long as the key right. people that are putting the meeting on are all in one spot, and they don't even have to be, but if they are, mm-hmm. it can be streamed global to a global audience. And so, one, it keeps the cost of the production down because you're not flying the whole company into one spot. You don't right. need to rent a hotel space. Um, you can be more as a as a worker in that company or an employee of that company. You can be more productive because you can still be at the meeting while mm-hmm. getting whatever business you need to get done done. You can be home with your family that night for in yeah. most cases, right? so it's there's so many plus sides that there's no way it's going away. I think it's it's only in its infancy,
0: yeah, definitely. I mean again, I think the only negative is you do lose that networking experience, the ability to meet people that you've right. never met before, or somebody that you've always wanted to meet or you know, especially from the sales point of view, the the biz dev point of view, that, to me, that's why I started Trickpipe Biz. Because, mm. you know, maybe I would have met you at some event that you were putting on, okay, previous to COVID, but now that COVID's happened, I mean, I haven't been to one conference at all. You know, the only way I get to meet people is through... Our amazing audience uh, on YouTube and Spotify, iTunes, verbal, everywhere else, as well as people like you that come on to the the show. So that was my answer of, well, how do I continue to grow, learn, network? Because I tell you what, I get people like you on the show and I I learn a ton of cool stuff and it keeps me uh, in the know ahead of the curve. I think that is the one ingredient that is missing i don't know if you've ever tried you know the the virtual networking stuff at all but i think that sucks i think (laughs) i i think it is i think it's horrible i think it's hard um you know it's not good people try to talk over each other you try to get involved in chatter it just can't replicate real life to that degree that's no, the you're right. only thing I see that that holds back uh, full virtual live events versus in person events,
1: right? And um, I can't tell you how how it it'll improve yet, because I, I don't know. But I I, I think the te- technology will be there to make it such that it, it it it'll get there. Um, but yeah, I completely understand what you're saying.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So you've been in the broadcast of sports and entertainment production for twenty five years. That's a long, long time. You know what are some of the the things you've learned about
1: yeah, some of the things I've learned about broadcast production are how to how to how to put on a professional Show how to show up as a professional, and um, you know, sports is all—all. It's especially sports is all. Every sport has its own formula and and how it's shot, and um, so just learning that over the course of time and learning how to talk to people and treat people and how to network and how to how to become a salesperson. And ultimately, it taught me that I was an entrepreneur. And I never thought of myself as that because, uh, at the end of the day, it taught me that I'm my own salesperson and I'm only as good as the last job that I did.
0: Exactly. Exactly. You know, and that's the funny thing. I have this conversation with my son, Francisco, who is also the producer of this show. And he, uh, you know, father, son, bootstrap show. He's, uh, 18 going to Harcum college in Philly. But basically, you know, he's like, no, I don't like business. I don't want to study business. And then he got into marketing class and he's like, oh, wait, wait, wait. This is kind of like the stuff I do for your podcast. It's, it's pretty cool. I like it. And I've tried to explain to him like, hey, everything you do, no matter what job you take, is going to be business slash sales oriented. I mean, if you're going to get a job at Acme, that's his day job right now while he study it, it's like, you've got to sell yourself. You know, you're you're always selling something, personality, ideas, you know, unless you're just someone that just wants to clock in and clock out and you're complacent like that. And that's okay, there's a place in the world for people like that too. But for most people, you're always doing something that's gonna be business or sales oriented.
1: But even in life, right? You're trying to get a partner you're selling to your partner right you're selling to so there's a form of sale in all aspects of life whether it's business or personal it's and i never really thought of it that way until i read uh you know uh, grant cardone's book and i was like wow that's amazing
0: yeah 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 grant cardone is good but i uh, i fell in love with jeffrey Gittimer. and i love his sales bible and the little red book of selling a little bit dated but i think i think right now especially in these times i think they're more relevant because it it kind of feels like hey things are going a little crazy get back to the basics study the core of things and then from there that'll give you the answers that you need today. And I feel that it still translates very well to the environment that we're currently operating under. So I guess the quality of live streaming, okay, has obviously increased. How important do you think that is? When you're doing those corporate meetings and stuff like that, how professional do you need it to to look how high quality do you need it to look because my thing is is that i'm afraid that if i do a live stream no one not not me with the show but say i was a business and we did a big webinar would people show are they actually going to Watch, or is it going to be background noise like I have with Netflix playing on the TV most of the day?
1: Yeah, I, I, I think it's super important, because if you're the CEO of the company and you're out of focus, because you're using our bad equipment, or the attention to detail is not there, or you didn't hire the right company to do the job, and um, like the lips don't match the sound the lip sync is off. You lose all, in my mind, you lose all credibility. So it's of the utmost importance for the quality to be as high as possible.
0: That was one of the the big things that I did with our show is we're not perfect. Like I said a million times, right. it's a bootstrap show. We're, we're small, you know, we get, I don't know, a hundred thousand views a month on, on YouTube, but <laughs> We basically, I'm like, I want to put a quality show. I want good graphics. I want a nice intro. Uh, We have a professional intro that we've done. And I'm like, you know, interviewing skills, talking skills, stuff like that. I'm from sales. I'll figure that stuff out as we go. And. Here we are, 130 episodes later, doing pretty pretty good, And Amazing. You know, I think the quality of the show, the production quality, and there were some ups and downs. You know, we had a couple episodes where Zoom updated. I didn't know that they took the automatic microphone adjustment off with the Uh Zoom call, and it was, like, overmodulated for the whole episode, and I had, like, eight of them, so I'm like, well, there's two months of interviews that <laughs> down the tube, but we were able to save them somewhat. Uh, you know, we, we've had our ups and downs, but to me, I always felt the quality was the most important thing because if you put out a quality product, people will watch. We've put out a quality product and people are watching and it's continuing to grow so i think that's a testament to what you were saying one other thing i think that would be interesting to talk about considering your your broadcast background is the you know the cord cutting okay previous generations grew up watching tv i used to be stuck to the uh to the tube you know watching saturday morning cartoons uh things like that I mean, it's really changed. I mean, how much has it changed today?
1: I mean, uh, I don't think my kids ever turn the TV on and watch TV. They're watching their devices. They're watching YouTube, Netflix, people's names I've never heard of. Uh, They're they're watching gamers as they're gaming. I can
0: game and I'm not a huge gamer, but I can game and I get in a gaming mood every now and then. But, I don't get live streaming of the video games and how people get into that <laughs> so much. I know. I mean, if it's a competitive tournament, you know, when I was younger, they do like your your Madden championships where they kind of try it a little bit, I guess, pre-internet that time or pre-massive internet like we have today. Right, so it was right. a little different of an experience. So I understood those types of things. That makes sense but just some random dude on twitch that's like talking (laughs) as he's discovering some cave looking for some kind of weird relic it's
1: i don't get it i don't get
0: it okay good 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 we're in the same boat we're in the same boat but i mean even when you look at tv how it has changed i mean look at things like for example we have uh in our house now, we have YouTube TV. Uh, and we we cut off FiOS TV, TV and went to YouTube TV, and it's it's better. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's the technology behind it that YouTube uses as far as making things searchable, all that stuff. Right. Way better than I've ever seen with Comcast, and I've seen with um, you know Verizon or any of the other providers I've ever had, and. You know, as much as I am in a love-hate relationship with big tech, I I do think that they really kind of help with the innovation of that cutting of the cord and getting television to the next level. And I do like it that... It's not like, hey, Monday, 7 p.m., you have to right. watch this episode or you'll never get to see it again until it comes out in DVD three years later. You well, know, you can record it or stream it at your desire. I love it. My wife that. and
1: I were telling our kids that if you met when we were young, if you miss the show on its first run, in mm-hmm. you know the fall, winter, and spring, you had to wait till the summer for the reruns. There, there were no DVRs or TiVo right. or anything like that. They're, they didn't even understand.
0: Or you could try programming the VCR and recording <laughs> <Right>. it. And <laughs> fingers crossed. Fingers crossed it worked, you know, or it cuts out halfway through. Or, or right. you know, your brother decided to re- record over the video that you just <laughs> recorded. Oh, man. Kids don't know the struggles that we had. (laughs) So true. Let's talk a little bit here then just about some general business, okay? Um, Sure. One big thing that you talk about is following your gut instinct. Okay, why should you always follow your gut instinct in business?
1: Because it knows it it will not steer you wrong. Every time I, I I've followed my gut instinct, it, it kind of led me to the next level. It helped me scale. It helped me. Um, you know, if I was unsure if I should hire someone, I hired someone spent the money to hire someone my business scaled like 50 percent um uh the latest and biggest uh example of trusting my gut was my company hjz productions was hired by west point the military academy during covid to produce the graduation we hired the entire team producer director everybody uh for the tv crew for the graduation so the director came to me and said listen i need to have my technical director on the show the technical director is the one that pushes the buttons when the director says take camera one take camera two so on and so forth so uh the number he gave me was an 818 area code and so i assumed that that he was in la we're in new york i have at this point three months into the pandemic i have 50 TDs sitting at home I haven't worked in three months that I would like to give work to but you know Patrick wants his TD so I said you know what just go with it something's telling me in my brain to just go with it trust your gut instinct because there's a reason well I met Jamie the guy who we hired he's become one of my best friends and has kind of like helped guide me through my uh live stream business and we've become like a team you know we do no productions with without him he's uh you know become invaluable to 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 us so
0: no that's great that that, that's a good story and i mean i think there's plenty of times where people can relate to where just like you know i had this gut feeling. Yeah. The I don't know. Maybe the numbers aren't looking perfect on the paper, but I just had gut feeling like, hey, just go with it, just stick with it. And it's going to to work out. And I think a lot of times you do that. I mean, obviously, unless you have something wrong with your gut. Um, but if you <laughs> if you don't, it it does often work out because I, I don't know. I think it's just like that. Inner business sense, you know, Mm -hmm. like uh the spidey sense that entrepreneurs have a lot of
1: hard work. It comes along with a lot of hard work too, right? It just doesn't happen. But uh yeah, it it steers you definitely, I feel in the right direction.
0: Right, right, right. Now, one other final question that I have for you is you you have a second business that competes with your original
1: business. Is that right? Um, Not real So originally when uh, we started Varidity Entertainment, VES, it was to kind of help our clients that were traveling, people that were not in the New York or local area, where we would payroll them for the clients. Um, but when then the whole pandemic started, we kind of swerved and changed the entire business model and went the whole live stream route so uh it, it doesn't really compete with it because uh, hjz productions our first business we hire a lot of union crews for sports and entertainment events uh and we keep that completely separate from our live stream business which also, although it's in the television space it's it does its own thing
0: yeah yeah and i've seen i mean you've done some big productions like uh i see t-mobile for example yeah i'm a huge t-mobile fan in fact we had on uh one of their lawyers um ooh, uh, like 100 episodes ago uh, one of their their lawyers talking about 5g and okay. you know he 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 did debunk all the myths around 5g he told us that it's safe in case you're wondering But uh, (laughs) yeah, we've done
1: uh, done a lot of uh, interviews with athletes for T-Mobile, a lot of baseball player interviews. Um, We did a home run, the Little League Home Run Derby award show for T-Mobile. Williamsport, Pennsylvania. Uh, Actually, we did it completely remote. We, We sent our computer kits to... 10 boys and 10 girls. And we did two different shows, one baseball, one softball. And we had a major league baseball player on to give out the award for the little league baseball player players. And we had Jenny Finch, mm-hmm. a professional softball player. who gave out the award to the girls. And we did two like one hour shows where we watched the kids hit home runs for a few minutes, each child. Then it was a little interview with each child. And mm-hmm. then, uh, and at the end of the show, they were whoever hit the most home runs was given the award by the player. So oh, it was pretty cool.
0: With you doing everything that you do with, with the kids, I mean, one of the things that I'm wondering as I'm talking to you is how much are you doing remote versus having people on site? Because it sounds like the technology that, that's present it 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 sounds like the kits that you have and the ability to be on those computers, too, and do you see all those little dirty secrets, um, you know, it sounds like you're able to do an awful lot remote, like you don't yeah. have to have people on site for a lot of these
1: things. No, we, we don't. And, uh, you know, especially during COVID, people don't want other people in their house, like camera crews. So yeah, the kits work out perfectly. Um, If it's a big, big production where there's Mm -hmm. multiple cameras and a lot of people doing a presentation, then yeah, we'll hire camera crews with cameras to go in. We still use the same workflow with, uh, you know, doing everything in the cloud and sending up to the cloud from the local area that we're in. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's just how are we acquiring the footage changes. But yeah, the remote workflow with the computers works out, you know, works out great.
0: Does it work out even with, you know, you have a client that's not tech? savvy
1: yeah we send um we send a qr code with each of the computer systems and it gives out detailed instructions on how to assemble everything where to plug the microphone and the camera in and then we get do like uh we'll do a tech check uh two days mm-hmm. before the production and we'll do like a, a zoom call or a facetime call and we'll walk them through the setup process and as soon as we have confirmation that it's set up the right way and we can bring them into our production. We'll, you know, turn that off. And then we take a speed test with the computer. We'll make sure the background is where we want it to be. And, and, uh, then when it comes time to d- comes time for the day of the show, we, mm-hmm. uh, we just kind of just turn the computer back on and it should already be set up. yeah
0: um- Hey, that's pretty awesome. I mean, you can't make it any more simpler than that, can you?
1: No, no. And yeah. you know, we send out uh, UPS return labels. So we make it really, really easy. Oh, so.
0: you even give them, you don't make them pay for shipping? No. <laughs> you never get your kits back. Exactly. <laughs> hey, howie, This has been fun. I hope you enjoyed yourself. I, absolutely. Uh, I had a blast. Final question. How can people digitally stock you? Where can they find out more about your company?
1: Awesome. HowieZales.com. Uh, our family of companies is all under that umbrella. Um, uh, at Howard Zales on LinkedIn. And Howie Zales on Instagram.
0: Okay. Hey, well, thank you. And since you are an Emmy award winning camera (laughs) operator, I do have to congratulate you. But you're not the first person on this show that's won an Emmy. I'll just say that. But But you're the first camera operator that has. So there you go. You got that running for you. Hey, Howie, thank thank you you so much for coming on. This has been a blast, buddy.
1: Same here. Thank you. So grateful.
0: Okay. Thanks. Cheers. Wow such a wonderful interview first you all know the routine if you found this interview helpful if it gave you those warm and fuzzies do me a favor hit that like button smash that subscribe button but if you really want to help us out because you know shark bite biz is the greatest cat secret in the world of business please do us a favor share us out to your network wherever you dwell on the interwebs facebook linkedin twitter share us to your friends your colleagues whoever it may be just help get the word out we grow because of people like you watching this right now so let's get back to our rock star guest howie first Pretty awesome that this dude Howie worked for the WWE for many, many years with production and film crews. The kid in me starstruck as I probably watched many of the key matches that he produced when I was growing up. WWE is not an easy live show to produce. Many things can go wrong. And there are many things that are happening at one time and while some may say hey wwe that's a scripted show hey truth comes down to it it's a multi-hour live show that's taken in one shot for the most part in front of usually a live audience meeting a stadium full of people now From what I hear and see, I think that's changed a little bit over COVID. But pre-COVID, when he was doing those shows, I mean, there's no doubts about it. There are no repeats. There are no retakes. What happens, happens, and the film crew got to run with it and capture it in the correct way to either minimize the negative exposure or maximize the positive exposure. There's been plenty of times where, look at somebody like Owen Hart, and the film crew had to react because you're on a live pay-per-view event. And that's one of the toughest jobs out there, I think, in the film industry. Same thing as almost an NFL game, you know, no do-overs. When you get into these type of live events and you have a stadium full of witnesses, but you control the camera, you do control the narrative. And that's just as true with the NFL as the WWE or any other major live sports. The stations like uh, Fox, NBC, CBS, ESPN have their cameras determined, okay? So these stations that are running football games, where they have their cameras really determine ball placement they determine is a catch a catch our touchdowns and actual touchdowns so think about that next time you think about a, a film crew and the actual execution of what they do i mean it's pretty complicated it's not as clear cut as you think so it's also really cool how howie just like most of us out there, had to reinvent his business due to COVID. How many concerts were watched live, streaming pre COVID live? Okay. Yeah, there were some. Okay. But let's face the fact, they were rare. But again, that's another instance where COVID has pushed us over into the digital transformation edge because now it's pretty frequent. It's pretty often. I mean, crap, my daughter plays Roblox and in Roblox, they have concerts. It's pretty crazy that you have a concert happening live within a video game i think fortnite has done that as well too so i love how howie has innovated pivoted i mean he is even doing church services as a production live streaming so that people can safely attend their religious service from the confines of their own home and not risk COVID exposure. And that was during the height of the pandemic. So he's done a lot of good things to really position himself and his business and his expertise to get into new markets that traditionally there wasn't a big market for. Lastly, and this is really a running theme on the show, How he never really thought of himself as an entrepreneur. He never thought of himself as a salesperson. He said it right there in the interview. He is. You are. Everybody watching this show is. You are selling yourself and your abilities nonstop. Once Howie kind of realized that and learned how to maximize those sales abilities, those networking abilities, those marketing abilities, it really allowed his business to thrive. It's one of those things that kind of held him back because like many working professionals out there, they don't think of themselves as a sales rep. The sooner that you learn that, that you are selling the sooner you are going to get success, period. That's how the cookie crumbles. Awesome stuff, Howie. Thank you so much for coming on. Make sure you check out his business. The links are going to be down below in the description. Doesn't matter if you're on YouTube or iTunes or Spotify. Look at the description below. You'll find the link right below the episode blur. Check out his business, he's doing some amazing stuff. Very creative, very innovative. Question of the day. Do you think of yourself as a sales rep? Yes or no? And tell us why. Answer below on YouTube. And remember, if you wanna be in the show, shoot out an email, interviews at com. Please, don't forget to join the channel. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can become a baby shark for only $3 a month and support this channel. But if donating money through big tech is not your thing, don't worry. You can head on over to DeadHouseCoffee.com. It is the freshest coffee on earth. It is roasted, sealed, shipped, and delivered within a 24-hour Period. Use code Shark. You'll be at twenty percent off your order. We'll get all the proceeds to continue growing this very show right here. And you all know this by now. But I'm David Strasser. This is Shark Bite Biz. We'll see you all next episode. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Shark Bite Biz.